Hey, we're going to be in the book of Ephesians. First chapter, first 14 verses. We doing all right? We have somebody in the room that everybody needs to meet. Hadn't met him yet. His name's Blinson. He's right over there. You don't have to get up. You can get up. Okay. Now, now staying on your chair. I'm just kidding. Just, just kidding. This is Lauren's husband, Blinson. He just got in the country, what, two weeks ago? So, welcome. We prayed for this for a long time. Glad to have you, brother. All right. Um, with love incorruptible. Let's get started. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace to you and peace from God our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before Him. In love, He predestined us for, for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of His will, to the praise of His glorious grace with which He has blessed us in the Beloved. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of His grace, which He lavished upon us, and all wisdom and insight making known to us the mystery of His will, according to the purpose for which He sent forth in Christ, as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in Him, things in heaven, things on earth. In Him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of Him who works all things according to the counsel of His will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of His glory. In Him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in Him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of His glory. Pray with me one more time. Father, bless the reading of Your Word. Would You open up the treasures before us I feel like this passage of Scripture is one that a lot of people just read past to get to the next one. God, let us just marinate in the truth of who we are in You for just a little bit this morning. Open our eyes. Open our hearts. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Verses 3 through 14. I can't prove this, okay? But I read it. Supposedly the longest sentence in the Bible. But in my Bible, there are periods, like a lot of periods in verses 3 through 14. But supposedly, it's one continuous thought in the original language. Before we get to verse 3, back up one verse. Verse 2. Grace to you and peace from God. Paul starts every one of his letters like this. Except for First and Second Timothy, he adds mercy in there. <clears throat> but the rest of them, sorry, my voice is kind of going. <clears throat> Grace 
to you and peace from God. Every letter he wrote, grace to you and peace from God. And it's always in that order. It's not peace and grace. It's grace and peace. And I think there's a reason for that. See, grace defined, you can define it a lot of different ways. But this is one that I like. A spontaneous gift from God to people. Generous, free, totally unexpected, and undeserved. You get that? Grace to you. He starts by saying, this is what I want for you. I want you to experience grace, spontaneous, a gift from God, generous, free, totally unexpected, and undeserved. And you know what? When you receive it, I want you to give it. See, I think a lot of people don't have peace in the world right now. It's not a peaceful place because I don't think many people are living in grace. Like, we'll receive it, but will we give it? Are there things in your life this morning, before we go any further, that you just need to let go of? Like, give grace where grace is needed? Like, let go of a grudge? Some bitterness? Anything? Because grace only comes when we give it away. And then it's followed by peace from God. Some of you, all you want today is peace. You'd love to lay your head on your pillow and feel peaceful. Is that right? Grace and peace to you. Receive grace, give it away, and peace will come. In verses 3 through 6, Paul uses the word blessed like three times in, in verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Three times in one verse. And then he calls us holy and blameless. When's the last time you felt holy and blameless? Let me tell you something, church. It's not a feeling. It's not a feeling at all. It's a reality. It's who Christ called you to be. It's why He died. He gives it to us. It's positional. It's not circumstantial. See, you're blessed, not because you deserve it, but because Christ died to make you blessed. You are blessed. You're, you're holy. You're blameless. It's not about who you are. It's about where you are. You're in Christ. See, this blessing doesn't come from Christ. It comes in Christ. See, I buy things from Amazon a lot. Anybody else? Get the boxes on the front. I'm not in Amazon, though. I buy things from Amazon. They come from Amazon, but see, that's not how it is with Jesus. See, we don't get things from Jesus. We are in Jesus in Christ today. You're blessed, not because of who you are, but where you are. You find yourself in Him. See, a lot of us let our feelings at the moment define how we feel about what we think God feels about us. The reality is today that you're blameless and holy before Him because of Christ. You are blessed you're blessed in the beloved. Let that sink in for a second. 
The beloved is Jesus. We are blessed in the beloved. There are six realities about who you are in this passage. And I'm going to go through them pretty quick. And they apply to every one of you that's in Christ. Okay? These are true about each of you. Regardless of how you feel about yourself today, this is true. You ready? Six of them. Really quick. First one. You're adopted. None of you deserve to be in God's family. He adopted every one of us into His family. See, this word, the Greek word, I can't pronounce it very well. It's a... Huithiza? I don't know. He's so much better at that than I am. Anyway, it's not about being like adopting a pretty like new little baby in your family. It's not what the word meant back in the day. It's more like bringing a slave out of the field and making him a son. All of you have been adopted into God's family, not because you deserved it, but because you accepted it by faith. And see, the thing that I think where we miss it a lot See, when someone, if someone gets adopted into a family, and there, there's some people in the room that are going to get what I'm talking about. If, so, if you adopt someone in, into your family and they don't want to be there, they're not really in it, are they? It's not about just entry into the family. It's about involvement in the family. You've been adopted as sons and daughters to a king. It's who you are. Now, what are you going to do with it? How involved do you want to be in this family? Second truth I see you here is that we're redeemed. Does that word mean anything to you? I mean, when I was a kid, I used to, we collected those stamps and put them in the book, and then you'd go buy the tool set. Always got the same tool set. Some of you know what I'm talking about. I think it's richer than that. See, one of my favorite things to do is to go to the dump. In Texas, dumps were really dumps. Like in Texas, you went to the dump and it smelled bad and it was off. Here, it's like a bunch of cans you go throw stuff in. And it's like, like five times a week, I'll go take all the trash and I'll just, it feels so good every time I do it. It's like the cans are empty. But you know what I never do at the dump? I never take stuff back with me. I don't, I'm not that guy that goes to the dumpster and looks in there to see is there something in there that I want. Guys, do you realize that's what God did for us? Like he went to the dumpster and he found us and he deemed us worthy enough to pull us out of the pit that we were in. Let that in. You are redeemed. He, he bought you out of slavery. We're all slaves to sin. He bought you back. He went to the dumpster. He found you. He pulled you out. You never have to go back there again. You know why? Because you're His. Third thing. This is true about you. Today, right now, you're forgiven. I'm not making this stuff up. It's, it's right here in this passage. Did you hear it? In Him we have redemption through His blood, forgiveness 
of our trespasses. You are. You're forgiven. Whatever it is, whatever it is that, that you won't let go of, that you won't forgive yourself for, you are forgiven. You're in the process of being made new. And you're becoming more like Jesus every day. But forgiven, past tense. See, when Jesus died on the cross and you accepted that, you are forgiven. You're adopted. You're redeemed. You're forgiven. It goes on. He lavished upon us all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of His will. Guys, you don't have to understand every word in this book to, to know the will of God. Because He's lavished on us wisdom through His Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit leads you into truth. You don't have to worry about all the theology. We're all still learning it, okay? But never, never doubt the fact that Jesus has already given you wisdom, insight. You can know what the next right thing is if you just listen to what's already inside you. You've been adopted. You've been redeemed. You've been forgiven. You've been given insight to His will. And you have an inheritance. Any of you just kind of wish you could be that person that has that rich relative you don't know about? Like, one day you're just going to find out, oh, I'm a bazillionaire. Like, and I know I... You do. You're heirs to a kingdom in Jesus Christ. You're adopted, redeemed, forgiven, enlightened, and you have a kingdom. You know what else you have? A guarantee. Guarantees are great, aren't they? Unless they're not. Like you get a guarantee and it turns out to not be a guarantee. You know what I'm saying? Like you lifetime warranty, really? All these things are true about you in Christ. And God said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going I'm to put my seal on you. I'm going I'm to stamp of ownership. It's called the Holy Spirit. And it's going to guarantee everything that is to come. Can't be taken away. I'm not one of these people that thinks you're going to lose it. Because if you could lose it, it's about you. He put His seal of ownership on you when you accepted Jesus. The seal of the Holy Spirit. But I want you to look at verse 14. Talking about this guarantee. Who is the guarantee of our inheritance. But look at this next statement. Until we acquire possession of it. Is anybody in the room frustrated with their life? You think it's just harder than maybe it should be? Like, you keep trying to do the right things and all these things are true, but you still feel like, Ugh, sometimes. Anybody? I mean, 
I feel that way a lot. You know why? Because all these things are true, but we haven't possessed them fully yet. Because it's already, but not yet. Jesus said, in this world you'll have trouble. But I came that you might overcome the world. All these things can be true. They are true. And your life still may hurt for a while. That doesn't make you wrong. It just makes you human. We're all in that boat. It's a Zach Brown song, isn't it? We're all in the same boat. Isn't it? I think you got that from me. We're all in that boat, people. But that doesn't mean that these things aren't true about you. Because life is like a wrestling match. You know, wrestling is real in college. I don't think the pro stuff's real. But wrestling, I used to, I mean, I used to, I used to skip church to watch Jimmy Superfly Snuka jump off the top rope. Anybody know who that is? It's, a, it's old school. That's a long time ago. Look it up. It's worth it. That's not real. But see, Paul goes on at the end of Ephesians in chapter 6 and says, we wrestle. But we don't wrestle with flesh and blood. We wrestle with, with forces in the heavenly places. Your life, from the day, from right now till you take your final breath, your life will be a wrestling match. But you're not wrestling with enemies in this place. Ephesians chapter 6, look at two verses. See, this is where people usually go in Ephesians. It's the armor of God passage. But verse, verse 11, put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, authorities, against cosmic powers over this present darkness, against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Guys, you're adopted, you're redeemed, you're forgiven. You have an inheritance, a guarantee, but it doesn't mean you don't have to wrestle. It doesn't mean that life is going to be easy, but it does mean that you win in the end. This is who you are in Christ. You're adopted. You're redeemed. You're forgiven. He's given you the Holy Spirit to give you insight. You have an inheritance and you have a guarantee that He's never going to leave you or forsake you. Are you willing to keep wrestling? Because I think a lot of times people just give up. They think, well, it's just too hard. It's too hard. I mean, yeah, you say these things are true, but my life is still what my life is. It's only because you haven't obtained all the promises yet. He will not let you down. He will not let you down because this is who He says that you are. Pray with me. Father, I just feel like there are some people in this place today that just need to be reminded that in the midst of hardship, in the midst of difficulty, in the midst 
of sickness, in the midst of watching people get old, in the midst of things just seeming like they just don't seem to work out, that you are so good. And everything you've said about us is true. God, as we dive into this book and we look at this love incorruptible, I pray maybe you you would purify our hearts. Maybe we've let our hearts get corrupted. And maybe we've we've kind of come to the place where we we just yeah, we say we love, but it's not it's not the way we used to love. Yeah, we 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 serve, but maybe it's not the way we used to serve. And maybe it's because we've forgotten who we are. Father, I stand before a group of people today that I believe with all of my heart have been adopted. They've been redeemed. They've been forgiven. They've been enlightened. They have an inheritance. They're heirs to a kingdom. And you're never going to leave us if we're So, Father, as we walk out of these doors today, into whatever we're walking into after this, may these truths stick with us. May they define us. And we, may we just walk confidently before you, knowing that this is who you say that we are. It's not who we say that we are. God, if it was up to me, I couldn't make it. I'm so glad it's up to you. Because you are more than enough. More than enough. Not just for this life, but for all eternity. So as these people wrestle, and they will, as they fight, May they know you're on their side. That you're with them. We'll, We'll talk later about all the armor, all the stuff you give us. But just knowing that you are with us. Let that be enough. Let that be enough for today. I pray in Jesus' name.